The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host on Engaging Truth. And I've got a special guest who I've never met before, but I have been reading something both he, that's Ben Bennett, and Josh McDowell have put together in a book called Free to Thrive. So, welcome, Ben. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's great to be with you. Um, this is an exciting thing, and for you guys in particular, because this book is jammed full of good information. And the reason that I was attracted to it was because of this, this the biblical content of it. And that is so precious to me as an old pastor, you know. But let me just begin by asking you, Ben, to tell us a little bit about... Um, who Ben Bennett is, and a little bit about your bio, and the, the second thing I'll ask then, or if you would include it, is how you and Josh forever got together. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that question. Well, um, I am uh, a 32-year-old single guy living in Dallas, Texas, and um, I, I, you know, love music, used to play in punk bands, you know, whatnot, and um, that, that was... Yeah, big part of, of my story and never got into drugs and alcohol, but I got into rock and roll. And, uh, that's something that I definitely love. But growing up, I met Jesus at a, at a real young age and had a vibrant encounter with him, really understood the gospel early on. Uh, I understood that God loved me, that I did wrong things, that Jesus lived the perfect life I could never live, died and rose again. And so I had a reconciled relationship with God. Uh, but growing up was honestly really, really hard. I grew up in a, a family where I often felt like I, I didn't fit in. Uh, my dad was often disengaged and really angry. Uh, we talked about Jesus, but um, I, I really struggled growing up. I was hurting. I was lonely. I developed mental health issues, suicidal thoughts, got addicted to pornography, was bullied by my friends. And so I felt like a loner for much of my life. But God was there. And um, I, I talked to him every day. He, I, I had like this deep friendship with him. Uh, but my spiritual life was having little impact on my relationships, on my mental health. I didn't understand how the scriptures um, and didn't learn how, how the scriptures really impacted all these things and how Jesus could really set me free in those areas. And, and eventually um, through mentors and friends and <clears throat> therapy and studying brain science and really Deep, doing a deeper dive in, in the scriptures, uh, I, I found lasting freedom from many of these things and healing and um, started working for a campus ministry for six years, doing a lot with HR, working with leaders at risk. Uh, so many people were struggling um, with porn addiction, with mental health stuff, and that ministry just really took off. There was a need to, to help um, bring these solutions to help people heal and be free and um, people are getting set free left and right by Jesus and these proven principles. And exactly. I knew 
Josh was speaking on some of these topics as well and had been doing it for decades. And uh, God really just called me to go full-time into speaking, to writing, to helping people meet Jesus, heal from their hurts and struggles, and be set free to thrive. So called him up one day, and we started chatting, and he said, let's go, move to Dallas. <laughs> so I did. And so that's how the book got started then, too, correct? Absolutely. Uh, we had been working together for about a year and then just started dreaming and scheming and praying about how can we, how might God use our stories in the things we have found all around the world to, to help people and get these proven principles. So that's how we started writing on the book. You've mentioned it, but expand on it just a little bit. Uh, how your personal experiences um, helped you in your journey toward this book? Yes, well, I I struggled for decades. It, it, it was about until the age of 23 um, that I was struggling with all these mental health things and porn addiction and a food addiction and just unresolved hurt and loneliness. And I wasn't hearing about it in the campus ministry I was part of. I wasn't hearing the solutions. I wasn't hearing about it in, in church. And, and so I got... Um, I was sick and tired of, of struggling and, um, struggling to go on and, and burning out and, uh, I needed to figure this out. And so I, I started meeting weekly with a, a pastor who was also a trained counselor and he just really opened my eyes to, um, where I needed healing in my soul, wh- why I was doing the, uh, unhealthy things I was doing, why I was, that ultimately these things were about survival and about coping and they, they ultimately weren't random. They were signals that needed to be answered of these deeper problems in my life. So I got involved in several different recovery groups and had people start supporting me every single day and speak life into me. And, and I think about all the one another's in scripture, pray for one another, confess your sins to one another, started living a life without secrets, talking about my emotions and I realized I'd been deeply hurt in relationships and I started to be deeply healed in relationships. And so that was early on in my young adult years. I'm sure that a lot of this Ben is going on kind of very secretly and very quietly within the church. Are there some stats you can give us that will help us to understand that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stats. Um, a couple we write about in our new book uh, 90% of teens say anxiety and depression are major issues amongst their peers. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among teenagers and college-age students. Uh, last month, in the past month, 90% of men and 60% of women sought out pornography. And then one is that is just, just heartbreaking is that, well, I mean, all of those are heartbreaking, but this is where we really struggle is that only 30% of pastors say they feel very equipped to help people deal with their mental and emotional struggles. So, so many people are struggling in our churches, outside of the churches, and um, there's just really a lack of holistic solutions about how we can uh, out there um, to to equip people to, to heal from these issues. Well, the church has experienced some of this for a long time. So what do Ravi Zacharias, uh, Carl Lentz, and Josh Stuger have in common within this area that you've just talked about? 
Yeah, so I, I, I think with them, um, you know, I don't want to comment specifically on their stories, but I think what those stories um, shine a light on is that we've got this vast issue of, of brokenness in the church um, and outside of the church. And as one who's worked with leaders in, in crisis, um, there's several themes we we see um, that kind of leads to this. Uh, one is this in uh, this life of secrets and isolation. So whether that's these relationships that start to develop or this, this sin or um, feeling like I can't talk about, I, I have to have it all together. I can't talk about what's really going on, what I'm really struggling with. Another thing is internal and external isolation, feeling like I've got to do this. The world depends on me. People are counting on me um, or sorry, internal and external pressure and the other thing is what we talk about in the book that all of us have these seven God-given longings that are meant to be fulfilled. These longings of the heart, acceptance, affirmation of feelings, safety, and this side of Eden, those go unmet. And if we don't learn healthy ways to cope with our stress and our pain and even our hurt from the past, um, that's where some of these unhealthy behaviors start, you know, to creep in. And, um, you know, obviously, Leaders fall, um, or le- some some leaders fall. Others choose to uh, engage in predatory behavior that is um, horrific and, and devastating. And there's a wide spectrum of that. But you know, even inside the church, we're all dealing with some kind of brokenness, um, and we need God's healing. We need wholeness that that Jesus wants to offer us. What would you say, um, Ben, would be the core message you would like the readers of this book and this conversation uh, to understand? One is that we need to give more time to questioning our struggles, our habitual sin, the things that we're so ashamed of that we're, we're hiding. Give more time to questioning it rather than just condemning it, because those issues aren't random. They're symptoms of a deeper problem, of deeper hurts, of deeper unmet longings, of, of deeper desires that God has wired us to have fulfilled. And when they're not going fulfilled, we will seek out unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy attempts to find them resolved. I th- we, we see this all throughout the Bible, but one example is, um, I think of Job in Job 3. Uh, he was so depressed after he lost his health, his wealth, his family that he said, why did my mother not give, why did my mother, uh, or why did I not die when my mother gave birth to me? He was so depressed. He wished he had never been born. And that wasn't random. That was out of this unmet longing, out of this grief, out of all this pain he was struggling with. That was a symptom of this deeper longing and hurt and and need that that God deeply cared about and wanted to heal. So rather than saying, oh, you just got to get rid of the depression, get rid of the porn addiction, get rid of the anxiety, let's question these things. Let's see what they're about because behind them is is something that, that God wants to bring resolution to in our lives. Ben, why do you say that unhealthy behavioral patterns are not the problem but the solution? Well, I, I think that ultimately, you know, these these behaviors 
can be problematic, but they're not the, they're ultimately not the problem. They're an attempt at a solution. We're attempting to find something in them. Think about my own life. <clears throat> For years, um, I kept going to pornography. Um, and I thought, I thought, okay, it's just that I can't get it together. I don't love Jesus enough. I'm stuck in sin. And it was sin, but, um, it was, I was trying to resolve something in my life. I was trying to find a solution. And as I got into my healing journey, I realized, oh my gosh, every time I feel rejected rather than accepted, pornography is my temporary solution to feel love, to get this hit of dopamine to feel some kind of escape. Um, but God had something better for me, and that was real acceptance through him and through other people. And so I found in my healing journey, I needed a new solution, one that was better, one that God designed me to have that was more satisfying, and I could find it through him and other people. You used the word dopamine, and I, I'm very curious as to how that fits into the picture of addiction and the solution yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of um, the unhealthy coping behaviors that, that we can go to uh, will actually release dopamine in our brain. And pornography is, is one of the strongest ones. When we watch pornography, it releases more dopamine than having sex with a, another human being. And so no wonder it is so addictive. It's accessible. Uh, you can watch it anonymously. It's, it's always there. It takes no effort. Um, and it releases a super flow of dopamine in our brain and it can quickly rewire the brain, uh, leading to an addiction. And many people are calling it the new drug, the new cocaine. It's in everybody's pocket. You can access it at any time. But what is often not talked about is how it leads to frontal lobe atrophy the withering away of your higher reasoning and judgment portion of the brain. So if you go to pornography, you start to give up your brain, and it leads to all kinds of problems in our lives. Let me just pause for just a moment to give a little bit of of, uh, review to what we do at Engaging Truth. Um, I'm glad you this evening turned to Engaging Truth programming. Let me tell you a little bit about what we are. Evangelical Life Ministries is a group of volunteers in the Houston area who not only plan each one of these broadcasts, but they also make sure that they are completed. Each broadcast is Christ-centered from the Word of God in particular. You can help us with this programming. First of all, just pray for us at Engaging Truth. Secondly, what you can do is go to the website elmhouston.org and press the button to engage you as to how you can support this this programming nationwide. Also, you can also support physically by going to ELMPO Box 568, Cypress, Texas, and you can write a checkout for us there as well. Remember, every gift is received, every gift is appreciated, every gift is recognized. My guest for this day is... Yeah, Dave, the, 
Holness apologetic model is this biblical model that's informed by psychology and neuroscience that explores God's thriving design for our lives. It also gets into why we struggle, why we hurt, why we can develop unhealthy behaviors, and ultimately how we can experience God's wholeness and healing and freedom here and now. So we developed this because we wanted to see um, these proven principles that both Josh and I struggled to find for decades, but ultimately found uh, that were there in the Bible all along. And God used those to bring healing from um, hurt and trauma and abuse in our lives. He, he used them to help um, our mental health be boosted and to set us free from addictions and habitual sin. You know, it's interesting in Second Corinthians, Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he's new creation. Uh, one of the things that you said in the book, and I thought for, so so delightful, was that um, we don't need to go back and be reborn. We just need to grow up. And I think that's classic because, really, we have what we need before us to be able to heal the, the wounds of our heart and our mind. Tell me a little bit about uh, neoplasticity and, and how that functions within our lifestyle. Yeah, neuroplasticity was discovered in the past few decades among neuroscientists. And essentially, it's the fact that our brains are moldable and changeable. So growing up in this world, our brains are always changing with thoughts, with interactions with people, with, with abuse, with hurt, with positive experiences, with negative experiences. And that um, molds us into how we think, how we behave. Uh, and on this side of Eden um, and, and with the sinful nature we're born with, that can really lead us to be conformed to the pattern of this world. And as we continue down those pathways, we develop fixed neurological pathways in our brains. So no longer do we just have a simple choice to stop something. We have a hardwired brain problem to deal with. But the beauty of Romans 12, too, is that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Exactly. And the Bible talks so much about our minds, our brains, our thoughts. So it's there. It's been there all along. The way we think dictates our behaviors in what we do. So there's a huge emphasis on what we're supposed to put our mind and our mental energy towards. And the beauty is as the Holy Spirit gives us new desires and we focus our thoughts on um, Christ and who we are and uh, all the biblical instructions for our thriving life, our brains begin to change. Old patterns, old unhealthy behaviors go away, old uh, negative thinking that's not true or in line with the gospel goes away as we start to believe who God is, who we are in Christ, how much we're loved in this thriving, healthy uh, life that we're designed to live of relationships, of being known and loved by others. I'm sure there are people who are asking the question of themselves. I wish Josh or I wish Ben would tell us a little about um, what their book reveals about how to overcome the things that they're experiencing. Can you share that a little bit more? Absolutely. One that I would point to is that a problem identified is a problem half solved. In my experience and Josh's experience all around the world with, with Christians um, and non-Christians is that we tend to think that my behavior is ultimately the problem. Oh, I just got to get rid of this negative thinking. I have to get rid of this anger, the shame, this sexual sin, this unhealthy thought life. 
But behind those things are legitimate longings, legitimate desires, these seven longings that we explore in the book um, that God wants to fulfill. And he wired us to have them fulfilled. So once we look at our problems and then start asking, what's the longing behind this? What's the desire behind this? What does God want to fulfill and set me free from and how in relationship with him and others? That's one of the first greatest steps we can take to overcoming some of these problems. So that would be one one of the uh, answers there. And if we have more time, I can get into more. Give me an example of someone, uh, Ben, that you've dealt with that you've seen walk through this and you've helped them with the word to become restored and become alive again. A couple of years ago, I was working with a uh, guy that I was mentoring, and when we started meeting together, he was angry, he was depressed, he would go into these kind of fits of rage he was looking at pornography. He was lonely. He, he felt like he didn't fit in anywhere. Lots and lots of shame. Yet he was reading his Bible every day. He was fasting. He was involved in a campus ministry. Why wasn't he being transformed by the Holy Spirit? Well, he was doing a lot of good things. All those things are good things of spiritual disciplines. But he didn't know that his struggles weren't random that God wanted to heal him of deeper things. So as we started getting into his story, sure enough, we found out that every time he started to get really angry and turn uh, inward on himself and say, I'm just a misfit. I'll never fit in. There was an experience of rejection, failing a test, uh, seeing his ex-girlfriend, um, someone arguing with him. And that happened a lot in childhood growing up. So what it did was reinforce reinforce those lies. But as he got around a group of people who loved him, showed Jesus to him, spoke life into him, and he became aware of those patterns and started to renew his mind by the power of the Holy Spirit, he started to find acceptance and overcome those unhealthy thoughts and behaviors and find real freedom in Christ. Oh, how wonderful that is. And for all of us who are just steeped in Scripture, we know and have the confidence that it has the word to bring the true healing, Christ's true healing. Um, ben, you wrote Free to Thrive. You and Josh did. Tell the listening audience where in the world they can find this or how they can uh, get their copy of this. Because I, I think not only... People, but churches ought to have copies of this available as well. That is our desire, and our desire is that it would serve and really help people and help people experience the wholeness that Christ brings. Uh, you can get it anywhere books are sold. You can go down to Barnes and Noble in your area, uh, local Christian bookstores. Um, an easy place to go is free to thrivebook.com. It has all the links on there to all your different online uh, favorite outlets. I want to say thank you very much for this time. We can spend two more hours doing this, and I just thank God that he has called you through the power of his word and the working of the Holy Spirit to touch lives with the message of Jesus. Thank you, and good night. And come back to us again on Engaging Truth. Good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. Or visit our website at elmhouston.org. Or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.